Welcome to the Power Couples Rock podcast, where our mission is to build a collective community of marriages, where we encourage, inspire, and support one another in order to have masterful marriages. We're Carlos, Catherine, Chris, and Sonia. Please check us out, powercouplesrock.com, follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. We believe that one of the most amazing legacies we can leave in life is a great marriage. So we hope you'll listen, learn, and love the conversation. Let's power up. Hello and welcome once again to the Power Couples Rock Podcast. If this is the first time that you're joining us, thank you so much for doing it. We just, we hope you're going to stick around this podcast or power pod as we like to call it. And we should start calling that. So I'm going to check myself on that right there is, is a special one. Um, and, and we're, we're absolutely stoked, but before I get to our special guest, I always have to introduce my most favorite people in the universe. But before I do that, I'm going to introduce <laughs> my beautiful wife, yes, Sonia Stone. Hi. Say hello to the people. Sonia. Hello, people. <laughs> Welcome. Yes. <laughs> and um, I, you know what? Tonight, I actually said tonight. So no matter what time you're listening to this, you may be listening to this in the morning. You may be listening to this in the afternoon. Tonight, when we're recording this, we're actually in the Green Machine Studios, as opposed to the normal place where we recorded. Exactly. And so we're a little bit out of sorts. We got coffee. (laughs) We're we're just we're 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 acting a little bit crazy, but I'm excited to be here with my most favorite people in the universe and their home. Thank you, Mr. Carlos and Mrs. Catherine Green. What's hey, up, Power Couples? What's up, Power Couples? Yeah. So glad you guys are joining us today. We are super excited. But I'm I'm so stoked because we have a special guest with us here tonight. Yes. And I'm listen, I have heard about Dr. Harold Arnold from Carlos and Catherine for a very long time. Mm-hmm. He's someone who's had a tremendous influence on this power couple in a lot of different ways. And you're going to hear a lot of great stories tonight and a lot of great things that this man has going on in his life. And I'm not going to list the resume here because, <laughs> you know, we'll be here for hours. Yes. Okay. But I will, I will say that uh, he is the founder of the pursuit of influence and there's a lot of things going on there. And there's a, in, including a, uh, a great marriage uh, ministry with his wife. At, in Philadelphia, and I, I just, I just want to turn this over to him because I know I'm just, I can't wait to be fed mm-hmm. by this conversation. Yes, I can't yes. wait to get powered up by this conversation. <laughs> yes, uh, he is, he's an author of many books. Again, Pursuit of Influence. The podcast is called Leading You Home, and I, if I'm just going to turn it over to Dr. Harold Arnold. Thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you guys so much for having me to, uh, today. It's just such a pleasure and honor to be with you guys. And obviously, I've been 
friends with the green machine. Is that what you call them? <laughs> the green machine for a yes. number of years. They've been encouragers mm. in the that I believe Timothy in the Bible would be very proud of uh. being encouragers one of another. They have been the consummate encouragers to my wife and me. And it means a lot, especially, you know, through trials, that's how you really know uh, who's Mm -hmm. with you. Mm -hmm. And we need those stresses in life. So we know who we weed out and who we keep close. Yes. And without those, you just really don't know. And uh, so Carlos and Catherine have proven themselves Mm -hmm. that this idea of a power couple isn't just something that they espouse on a podcast, mm. but that they embody that uh, when you are shoulder to shoulder, uh, kind yeah. of in the kind of in the midst of the stuff of life. Yeah. And so it's a pleasure to actually be in the room face to face on the mic with them uh, doing this. It's such an honor. Um, and so and also to be with uh, Chris and Sonia as well and uh, really just see you all's vibe. I've listened to the podcast uh, before and really thrilled sorry, to Harold. see you Harold, all. I'm so sorry you had to listen. To <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get better. <laughs> we are getting better. You have, excited. you are doing what God is calling you and inspiring you to do. And that's sometimes messy. It's not always mm. uh, pristine, but it's always obedience. Mm. And that's the key, right? It's not about whether you do everything right. Mm. But it's about that you do. Right. Right. Yes. It's about that you operate in a spirit of obedience. Yeah, because it's like when you when you do things and you fail and that mm-hmm. doubt creeps in, yes. you want to quit. Right? Exactly. Mm. Exactly. But but that's not you know And good we, friends don't let you that's right. quit. That's right. That's right. Good friends hold you accountable for that and kind of push back on you mm. when your natural proclivities click in kick, uh, kick in. And so no, I mean, and that ties very well into the relationship we've, my wife, Dolly, and I've had with the Greens and what I perceive you guys' uh, relationship with one another. Yeah. Uh, this whole notion, I know we're going to be talking about this in, uh, at our conversation tonight, but it's all about community. Over the That's years, right. I've come to value and appreciate that it really is all about, and they're giving virtual high fives right now. <laughs> uh, that it really, that <laughs> that it really is. Yeah, yeah I, I guess all, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, just don't leave me out. You know? uh, but, don't leave me hanging. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. But it really is all about the community and yep. how we, it's about accountability. And you don't, grow to get you don't grow by yourself that's right and you don't you can't that's the hard thing and i was sharing this with some couples today is that it is really difficult to pull yourself out of your comfort zone Mm. you need other people who care and who sense that there's something more in you to pull that out of you because who wants the pain of growth very few people choose to go through pain in order to become the people that God has for them to be. But your responsibility as a, as a friend, you know, a, a Holy Spirit inspired friend is to push and to pull that out of one another. And so I think that's why these kind of conversations and what yeah. you guys talk about being power couples, I believe that's your aspiration, mm-hmm. you know, that how can you be that accountability for other people mm-hmm. and how can you as two couples hold one another to that? It's vital and it's, yeah. it's really modeling something that we need to do more broadly 
in our uh, in our culture and certainly in our Christian culture, which can be very isolating as couples. We don't is the vulnerability that's often required mm-hmm. for us to to really grow. We don't trust that we can go there. We don't know who we can share that mm-hmm. with. And yeah. you know, we don't know who it's safe with. Right. And we need people to model that mm-hmm. in order that it can become more a, wow. you know, a part of our Christian culture. Yeah, I was just talking to a couple the other day and they were sharing that they really uh, didn't have a community and they didn't know how about how to go about getting a community. And I was sharing with them. It's just I said, who do you who can you do life with? Mm-hmm. Who can you trust? Um, just trust being around and being vulnerable. Right. And they were searching through the vocabulary or through their, you know, through their minds to try to figure out who that was. And they, they couldn't identify yeah. with someone they can feel safe with sharing right. uh, things that maybe burden their hearts right. that they feel like they have to have this facade on. Right. And I said, well, you've got, we got to pray. We got to get mm-hmm. someone in your community. Mm-hmm. God will hear the, hear the prayers yes. and he will answer because I can tell you community is very vital it mm-hmm. brings life into your relationships That's right. and i'm so grateful to have you a part of that community as well and it's not just the person that lives next door to no, you exactly. it's not just your family right. it goes beyond that right who is your neighbor so dr harrell can you explain to us or define for us in your own words what is community well, and I, mean, I know that we're well we yeah any, i mean yeah. i think i just said even before you asked that question you know who is your neighbor Right. I mean, I think when we think about community, to me, it's about who do you desire to influence? You know, my organization, the pursuit of influence. What is that about? You know, it's about that God has something in my voice and my voice is not for everybody. I know that. And no one's is maybe other than Jesus. Mm -hmm. I I don't know that anyone's voice is for everybody. But Mm -hmm. there are there is a, a group of people that my voice resonates. And when I say my voice, I'm saying the things in my spirit that I'm passionate about, the things in me that really are biting, but are the things in me that are, um, that are the, the part of me that's compassionate, the part of me that's vulnerable. There are people that, that will rail against that. It doesn't resonate with them. Well, my voice isn't for them, but there's people that hear that, that they're attracted to that. There's a magnetism to that. So to answer your question, when I think about community, it's who is attracted to your voice. Wow. And that's sometimes, and that's so the community, it can be family, it can be, you know, it's friends, it can be, it can be broad and it can be wide swath of influence, or it might be small. I like to ask couples and you have to be really uh, thoughtful and introspective about this and say, how big a sphere of influence is God calling you to? Because there are some people who the full the full unveiling of their ministry is really local. And it could Got be it. that what God is calling them to, to is to be masterful, to be a power couple at their church. That is the broad, and that's their responsibility. Their responsibility is to be the absolute best version of themselves there in yes. that space. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but then others, it's regional. Others, it's national. Mm-hmm. Others, it's international. Mm-hmm. So how the question then is, how do you know which one is for you? What community? To me, that's your community. The people who are going to be attracted to 
your voice mm-hmm. is your community. And so then you have to ask yourself, well, okay, God, what range do you see for me? Who, where are we as a couple supposed to, to do? My, you know, in asking that question, for me, I have for years felt it was an international audience, that my community is an international. Now, now the revelation of that, that is not manifest today in, in actuality yet. Mm-hmm. But I, that's what I believe about what God is doing with my voice, that it is intended that it ultimately will have international influence, that I will serve an international community. Does that make sense? Yeah, when no, I, when you, when sense. you, when you yeah. say community, we can get very micro, myopic mm-hmm. about what that means. And I think that's the enemy. It's also, it's also our self, our limiting beliefs. Mm. You know, it's our, what some, um, one author calls our upper limit challenge. Yes. Uh, and so we have to often push back. That's why we have to ask God first, mm-hmm. where, what is the scope Yes. Well, I love, the per- I love the perspective that you're actually bringing here with community, because oftentimes we think about community that it's our group of maybe three to four, maybe five couples or families that we do life with and we can share life with. And that is a community. That is a community. But when you have a platform to where people want to hear your voice, Absolutely. then your voice, your community that's grows a broad, that's broader right. and community. expands that's right. because they are attracted right. to, your, to voice. your voice. And you have influence to right. ensure that they can have masterful marriages. Exactly. So our so our community yep. is really growing on a daily basis sure. now that where we can have influence through the podcast, through Facebook and all the social mediums that we have now. Right. 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 Exactly. That's what you're talking about. That's that exactly what I'm saying. And don't you feel like once once communities are are planted, so to speak, and you and you have that community. So, so it, you know, married couples in a particular area, don't you feel like they can influence other areas, perhaps in a country? And they can start developing a community there, right? So if, if, you know, someone's inspired by a Power Couples Rock podcast, somebody's uh, mm-hmm. inspired by something that Harold has put on his website, right? They're developing a, more of a local community wherever they're at, whether mm-hmm. it's Los Angeles, whether it's, right. you know, Rwanda, whether it's Canada, it doesn't matter, right? right. And so it's, it's almost in, you know, sort of like church planning in a way, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like... You know, it can be these these pods, so to speak, in other areas that where you're you have smaller communities. But if, you, like you said, if you've got a larger platform, if it's more international, then it it just it becomes a different ripple effect. The thing that I was thinking as you were talking <clears throat> is that we have to also be okay with it being small. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes mm. I think when we are interested in um, doing a podcast or being out there, we think that it has to be global it has to be huge to begin with and i think we have to understand that sometimes it is small Mm -hmm. it it it, it's never intended to be any more than that Mm -hmm. we have to be okay with that you can be more comfortable in a smaller perhaps a smaller and to be to be more vulnerable maybe well that may be where god wants you where exactly wants you to be is in that small community you may envision it being something larger but god may want it to be something smaller Mm -hmm. and i think if it then grows then that's where you see god at work Mm -hmm. is that if you follow where he wants you to be then it can become something else um yeah i mean i totally agree and that's partly what i was saying but i also i'm a psychologist and so that part of me also wants to caveat that in a way and make sure 
that it isn't our own self-limiting beliefs Absolutely. that are overlaying what our, what we're sensing from the spirit. Because you can't, yes. it's really difficult to uh, pull those things apart. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we have, be there is, what is God saying? But for most of us, it's not an audible voice. It's a sense. True. And that's, those senses can also often become distorted by our own fears and, mm-hmm. you know, our own experiences, Absolutely. Our, lim- our kind of self-imposed limitations mm-hmm. and, and real limitations. And so we don't necessarily, you know, it's what they call in theology, they talk about the difference between the ontological and the epistemological. You know, it's that. Okay, if, you're going to have to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have Translate. To spell that. Okay. No, Say that again. Those two I'm words. Sorry. I can't wait As to, I to, write to, them to down. get to the, the, the podcast transcription <laughs> on this one. I'm going to be like. I love this. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go for it. Wow. (laughs) We're just getting started too. I know. We're just getting started. It's an it's an important it's an important theological point, but it also is an important uh, spiritual point that what if we could hear directly from God? Mm. Like what if we just had a a pipeline? Just imagine your holy imagination. That you had this specific phone, mm-hmm. it's the red phone that yeah. sits right on your nightstand. Yes. And it only Love rings. It. Come on now. It only rings when God Himself calls. Come on. That would be right? awesome. It would be, uh, that, right? it would be amazing. It would be amazing. It would be amazing. Yeah, I wish they could help you. Right? Uh, but if that when that phone rings, then you pick it up, what do you know? you know that you're hearing the pure, unadulterated word of God. Yes. Mm. Right from his lips to yours, right? No other mediating forces. That's the ontic. That's ontological. That's God, what God really intends, Mm. okay? So this is all about meaning. This is all under the umbrella of meaning. So you have the ontological, but the epistemological is what we make of situations. It's how it's Our the sense. lens, it's the senses, it's the filters mm-hmm. that things go through. It's not a one's not a right thing and a, a wrong thing. It's just there are different ways of of meaning. One being pure God, which we often off, which we often have to think about almost in the abstract because it's so hard to even conceptualize what mm-hmm. that really means pragmatically. But just imagine that there's pure God, yes. and then there's the fil- the filtered version mm-hmm. where we're. D- that doesn't mean it's nefarious or anything like that, mm-hmm. but that it really it it goes through these it goes through our lens. Yes. So where does it get distorted, right? Mm. Because since it goes through our our lens, and so that's the issue. That's the issue here. If we could hear the pure on a unadulterated word of God, you know, it would be a lot easier, Right. Yes. but we don't have very, it's very rare that we have that. So it's our sense of what God is yes. speaking, what God is, right. what God is doing and the direction that he has for, from my voice. Mm. And we're talking about voice and mm. what is he, my sense of what God has my voice to be as distinct from other voices, even in the marriage space, yes. for example, there's parts of my voice, but this is all epistemologic, you know, and mm-hmm. it's the way I understand it. Now, there's been things that have happened supernaturally that give me some push along the way. There's the time in 1997 when a guest pastor, I'm at a church in D.C., I'm standing, I'm on duty, I'm a deacon there, I'm standing on the front row, mm-hmm. and this guest pastor in from Oregon, and she walks 
it's a large church. So there's thousands of people here. And I, but I'm on the front row. And she walks out of the pulpit. She walks right up to me, puts the mic down, and says, God just told me to tell you to go. Do you understand? God said go. And I'm stupefied. I'm like, st- yeah. I'm like what, je- what is happening right now? And then she turns around and walks right back up into the pulpit. And you were like, you mean leave? Well, the theme so that was so, yes. so yes. this is what I'm trying to say. Yes. The, the ontological is like, mm-hmm. where did that come from? Mm, sure. That was a divine moment, clearly. Now, what she didn't know, apparently, is that my wife and I were trying to figure out, do we move to California? Wow. To go to seminary. That seems like a huge, we're in Maryland. We have two young kids. Mm-hmm. We have a house. We have jobs. We have all of these things. And you were, and you were obviously praying about yes, this. Yes, we were you being were like, prayerful God, about this. Do, we do, yes, do yeah. we do this? And it felt mm-hmm. so daunting. Yeah. But then this thing happens. And I go, my wife wasn't there that night. But I'm, so I'm stunned on the whole drive, 45-minute drive back home. And when I get home, I tell her what, what happened. And my wife and this is why I love her and she's amazing, is she's like, well, then we go, mm. right? And but why? Like, that's different than if I had just said that night, hey, doll, I think it's time to go to California. I think yeah. God's telling me this through right. this other lens. Right, right. <laughs> it's a lot exactly. more powerful when you, when you man, that's When you that's have awesome. those kind of things. But what is so important wow. to me here is that I believe that we, create those not in a manipulative controlling kind of way but that we create those opportunities for god to speak to us for god to show us kind of divine interventions to keep us moving along the path so when that you he wants we, to it's so an openness say, so it's when a, you say we create those opportunities we, i just want to pause there just right to understand how do we create by openness that's why i'm saying it's by openness it's by asking the right question. You know, part of my whole thesis is that we as Christian Christian couples aren't even asking the right questions yet. Mm. And so that's what is an impediment to us getting to where God has for us to be as couples. But yes, that part that's partly what I'm saying here. How do we how do we um how do we change the question and you know, how do we go for us it was hearing that in such a supernatural way was a clear it was a clear go sign but it happened because we were asking a question of god do we do we change everything i mean do we do we prioritize that over this or god we want more what do you really want to do with our marriage i mean what are you asking of us? Mm-hmm. So, are those so the, the whole right so questions? when I say the opportunity, I'm saying it's the opportunity we create it by asking the right questions. We create opportunities for God to speak to us. It's all, it's almost like there's this sense, even especially in the self development space, that that optimism and positivity creates more. You know, it's mm-hmm. when you take you take a step of faith in a certain direction, and then all of a sudden it's interesting. You see all of these other things start, start to 
act upon it. What in people in who are not people of faith might say, well, the universe is just acting on you hear Mm, that those kind of that that kind Mm -hmm. of language. Our language for that would be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's the that's what I say when I'm saying we create those opportunities is that there's an openness that we have and a sensitivity that we want to be and we want to do and what God wants us to do. And we don't want to settle right? And there's a sincerity there, then God has a responsibility to answer. Yes. And sometimes that answer isn't what we want to hear, right. but God has a responsibility to answer. And I think we see these divine interventions then where mm-hmm. he's responding. And, you know, that goes back to this whole ontic thing is if we can have this sense that this really is what God is calling us to yeah. as mm-hmm. a couple then it cuts through a lot of the noise. It cuts through the doubts. I call them the dragons, you know, the mm-hmm. doubt, the regret, oh, yes. the apathy, the guilt. Spiritual the warfare, yeah, it, sure. it breaks through all of that. Yeah. If you, if Chris and Sonia, if you knew that red phone, when you picked it up, whatever it is mm-hmm. said on that red phone, my sense of you guys is that you're act, you're going to go right. and do your 100%. best to act on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's, right. It's just... But it's because you know what the red phone means. But we're, we don't have a phone until we get to heaven. And, but, I mean, but it's going to be like full-on FaceTime at that mm-hmm. point, right? Um, so <laughs> so, so we, have to, we have to operate right. so here's what I'm, here's this my other question. lens that you're talking yeah. about. Right? Yeah. So here's the question I have that for anyone that's yes listening no. here. Yes no. Okay. So anyone that's listening right now, they're like, man, this is <laughs> amazing information. So if I'm sitting here now thinking about my spouse, me and my spouse, I say, what questions should I be asking? Mm-hmm. For me and Catherine, what are those questions? For Chris and Sonia, what are those questions? Anybody else that's listening, what are the questions that we should be asking so that we can create yeah. the opportunity to join God in his work and whatever he wants us to mm-hmm. do as a couple? Right. What is that? The bottom line is it, it has to do with the maturation of our marriage. We're talking in the marriage con- yes. context. Marriage context. It has to do with the maturation of us as a couple. So question one is, God, what is your perfect will for us as a couple? See, one of, in the, we as Christians, and I believe this is a multi-ethnic issue in church, mm-hmm. we are very socialized about individual identity, individual mission and ministry. So, okay, I'm called to be a preacher. Yes. Uh, I'm called to work with the kids. Or I'm ca- and that's our narrative is all around I, I, I. We're very socialized that way. How many times have you heard us be socialized as a couple? Like, what, what is God calling this yes. marriage yes. to be? Mm. And what we do with that is we say, well, we think of it, we don't, th- we don't ask the question because what we think is, well, we're, we're called to raise our kids. And of course we are. We are called to raise our kids. Uh, we're called to, um, you know, to uh, the job or income, bring income into that. And that's important too. But is that the fullness of what God has for you to be right. as a couple? When he brings these two unique people together who, if you look at just basic mate selection stuff, you would say these people are dramatically different. My mm-hmm. wife and I, in most cases, 80% of marriages, this is the case where the spouses are dramatically different. Why in the world 
am I attracted to this woman, Dahlia, who is so different than me? And I can go across it nationally and I can see a replication of this over and over with mate selection. Why is it that we're attracted to these people who are different, so different than us? Why wouldn't God have set up the whole thing where we're attracted to people who are like us? That makes more sense. That makes more sense. But then in the scripture, we always think about this notion of compatibility, compatibility. And one of the things that I talk about, especially in Marriage Rocks, is this whole idea that I don't think that God is about compatibility at all. I think it's about suitability. And that's what the scripture talks about, that right. I will make it's one that's suitable for him. Well, what mm-hmm. is suitability about? Suitability is about what is going to be the complement who Harold is. It doesn't mean matching me. It means complimenting mm. me. And so my wife, her differences complement mine in a way that challenges me, that pushes me to be something bigger and something better than I am, than I was. And so in that and vice versa, there's that reci- reciprocity that is intended to happen there that is cute when we're in the romantic phase. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then yes. it, re- preach, it, it preach. drives us crazy after yes. that, right? Yes. But that's mm. God-ordained. That's why it's so pervasive. Well, yeah. and one of the things, too, is I'm thinking about what you're saying is I've often read or heard that God also puts someone in your life that will make you eventually be more like him. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, spouse exactly. that you are butting heads with or you think it's cute when you're dating and then you get on into life and you go wait a second like we have we are so completely different it's really about that marriage eventually sharpening you to be who god wanted you to be and sharpening the husband to be who he was supposed to be and therefore the marriage is only something that can be explained through God. Yeah. It's kind of what I've, the, exactly. kind of the way I think about it. It doesn't make Harold's, it any easier. Exactly. Yeah. But, well, um, I, I love that. But it, I mean, I think to Harold's point as well, which, which sort of is, is, is kind of blowing my mind right now. And, and, and what he said was, and, and what I'm, I've been guilty of is the individual view of, of, you know, what you're thriving, what you're striving for. Even if it is something that is faith-based, even if it is, how can I be, how can I serve Jesus more, mm-hmm. right? That's individual, right? Yeah. Talk about, you know, how I can do that with Sonia, our marriage yes. goal together. What is, what, what does God have in store for us? Mm-hmm. Let's, 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 let's look at that goal, not yeah. individually exactly. what we need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, and, and that I think is a, is missed yeah completely exactly so totally me, agree so, so that's so that's your my point is the question the, the wrong question we're mm. not wrong it's limiting yes uh, we, we are being duped into asking limiting limited questions and because we have such a individualistic orientation especially in western culture mm-hmm. you know it just feeds into this asking the wrong question kind of thing so the questions are okay god as a couple what is it that you have us uniquely together mm-hmm. to accomplish and to who? And mm-hmm. as we said earlier, what's the scope, the span of what? You do? And we are we are made in your image. You are the creator with the big C. What is it that you are calling us to create with the little C? Because mm-hmm. my premise is that all of us as couples are called to create something because we're made in the image of the creator. But what does it mean when you're made in the image? It means that you are, you are of that. Mm -hmm. So we are of the creator. That creation isn't just about 
procreation and creating children. It's also about what we create in the world. In the world. You're right. And so, but we have to ask God, what do you, what are you calling us to create? In the world, so it may not always be a marriage ministry. Oh, exactly it not. It, it usually ministry. isn't going to be a marriage <laughs> ministry. And, <laughs> and to be clear, it may not even be what we traditionally think of as ministry. Mm. It could be very unconventional. It could be biz. It could be a business. Mm. It could be very entrepreneurial. Mm. It could be economic empowerment. We could go down the list. That doesn't make it any less God centered. Come on. But regardless of what mm-hmm. He is calling you, He has a divine purpose in that. If we look and draw parallels between where we are today in Acts, mm-hmm. the people of Acts. Mm-hmm. If you look in the Old Testament and you can see where God was moving his people in that whole promised land, the whole point there was moving them to be at a key geographic intersection of different cultures. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Different cultures, his people fixed in the promised land with the ability to influence the known world because mm-hmm. of where they were located. Mm-hmm. If we take the parallel, what is the parallel for that for us today? That God wants his people to be in the midst of culture, that yep. he wants his people to be in that central place to mm-hmm. play to influence. And that's not just in the four walls of the church. That's it's the right. influence mm-hmm. culture. Yes. So then a, the question again, what is God calling us as couples, as Christian couples, to be. That's part of that que- those questions that I'm advocating. Okay, so I can just imagine li- seeing people listening to this podcast now saying, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> and, and wanting to know. And praying, probably. <laughs> and like, what have you all done? <laughs> this man has broken me down. <laughs> I mean, I mean they're probably yeah. just feeding on this good word, That's this right. information, this inspiring word. And it's more than just motivational. This is just truth that you're actually putting in the atmosphere. And I appreciate that. I want people to know who Dr. Harrell Arnold is. And we had the pleasure of meeting Dr. Hare Arnold probably five or six years ago. And we were introduced to a mutual friend uh, because we were doing some marriage ministry things together, kind of figuring out what our marriage ministries were going to look like. And I remember you and I having lunch together at the Olive Garden. Mm-hmm. Do you yes. remember that? Yes, I do. Okay, remember those three at the Olive Garden. Breadsticks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I... That interaction that I had with you, that engagement that I had with you just completely connected me to you. And from that day on, I had much respect for you. Mm, Thank you. Amazing respect for you because of your your unrelenting faith and your unrelenting just pursuit of excellence, of excellence. Uh, just, it was just amazing to me. It just really touched me. And I just knew when I got back to Catherine and said, okay, this Harold honor Arnold, <laughs> he is an amazing guy and we'll be forever connected to him. Mm-hmm. I know he lives in Philadelphia, but some kind of way we're going to stay connected. Right. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that I am intentional about that connection. Whenever you meet mm-hmm. somebody that's right, yeah. and you know that they connect with your spirit, yeah. you don't ever let them yeah. go. You're like, you're, you're not never, getting out of my orbit. Get, you are ever. not getting out of my and orbit. And that's the way yep. he's actually been. So if you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit about your story about, you know, your family uh, and then where you've gotten your education from and then just your mission, mm-hmm. mantra in life, mm-hmm. that'd be great. 
Wow. Uh, so <laughs> I, th I think the important things to know are that I'm a husband of one and a father of two, I'm married for <laughs> 31 years to my wife, Dahlia, and she has dealt with a lot living and being married to me. And um, I don't even mean that in jest. I mean, she's really... I, a couple of nights, and I was sharing with couples earlier today that a couple nights ago, earlier this week, I was laying there beside her and she was asleep and I was just looking at her. And it just, it was just remarkable to me. I was just reflecting on the years and the ups and the downs. And I was thinking how blessed I am mm -hmm. that I have her as a wife mm -hmm. and to not take that for granted that as I'm watching her chest rise and fall mm -hmm. sleeping on the rhythm of that, it was, uh, it was just a moment for me to just be grateful. I just kept saying, God, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful. Um, because I could not be here right now talking about what I'm talking about if it weren't for her mm -hmm. and, um, her sacrifice and grace. And not that we, we've had a lot of missteps, but we keep stepping together. Mm. And there's a passage that I was sharing with couples earlier today that says, it's Galatians 5, and it says, if you live by the Spirit, and I know that's the aspiration for so many of us as Christian couples, if you live by the Spirit, then keep in step with the Spirit. If, we, if you live by the Spirit, then keep in step with the Spirit. And I think the to know me and what I'm about, it's really, I want to live that scripture. If you want to know what, what, is, what drives and what motivates me, I want to live that scripture. I want to, I want to live by the spirit. And then I want that to ref, reflect, be reflected in me, keeping in step with the spirit, not ahead of the spirit, okay. mm -hmm. not ahead of it, not behind it. How do you right. stay in step with the spirit? Exactly. How do you? Mm -hmm. Well, you have to have a sense of the spirit, right? You have to. That's why I said if you live by the spirit, then you have to keep in step with the spirit. So how do you keep in step with the spirit? It's the Holy Spirit, right? So it's God. It's God. It's saying, okay, Holy Spirit, what is it that you are having me to become? Where are the things that ne still need ma maturing? You know, the working out of my faith. Who are the people that you need me to be vulnerable with? Who are the people that I need to give to? Who are the people that I need to receive from? You know, because it goes back to what we talked about originally with community. I think that's really important, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I, to know me is to know my desire to embody that scripture and then to know my desire to encourage other Christian couples to embody that scripture. And then to know that my desire is for all of us who want to embody that for us to link arms. That's right. Mm -hmm. For us to say that the to understand the power, which I mean, you guys are power couples, but to understand the power that comes from that type mm, yes. of, of unity. Yes. Right. And it's not, it's not a form of godliness that Timothy 
he talks about this form of godliness and denying the power thereof. So what does that mean? Power couples cannot display a form of godliness. Power couples have to display true, authentic godliness. That doesn't mean perfection. That means godliness. And that means a desire to keep in step with the spirit. That means that verse continues on and it said, it talks about not being envious. Mm-hmm. It, t- it gives three specific things that you can look at and say, okay, how am I doing there? Right. Um, and so that's important. If you understand that scripture, you have a good sense of me and mm-hmm. what it is that I want to do. I'm a psychologist uh, by degree, by profession. and I am a, trained as a marriage and family therapist. This stuff of marriage, I believe marriage is a sacrament. So if you think of a sacrament, when we say this word sacrament in Christian couples, what do we normally think about? Communion, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then when we're having communion, we say, we do this in remembrance. remembrance. Mm-hmm. Why, why, we, we do this in remembrance, right? Until he comes, right? Until Christ That's comes correct. again. Mm-hmm. We do this communion, mm-hmm. this sacrament in remembrance of that. But okay, so then let's substitute marriage, which is also a sacrament. Mm -hmm. So we do this Mm -hmm. in remembrance of him Mm -hmm. until he comes again. So bride and bridegroom, Christ and the church, husband and wife, you're a sacrament of something that so when people are supposed as they consume you, Mm. what you create, Mm. they should have a remembrance. Of the relationship of Christ and the church. So then what I'm saying to you is how many couples represent the communion? How many purple, how many couples represent that, that sacred type of act? Most Mm -hmm. of us would be humbled to, when we consider, am I communion to my community? Mm. That's the question. Am I communion? And so to get to know me That's is to understand. Question. That's a great question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Am I communion to my community? I like that. Mm-hmm. That's deep. I know you talked to a lot. And we, we, well, that day that Carlos met you, we were actually supposed to meet. It was supposed to be myself, Carlos, and you. Uh-huh. And then I couldn't go. And Carlos went in place. Right, so, right, right. And you talk about us being connected for a, quite some time. And I know your passion about, you know, marriages and um, and and I am certainly charged. Mm. <laughs> I am charged mm. uh, just to be communion for my community. Mm. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to talk about uh, I wanted to talk about there's a, a retreat that you do. Mm-hmm. And Carlos talked about us being connected for a long time. Right. right? And one of the ways we got involved with with. Eusebio, which is what you'll have to explain to some of our mm-hmm. listeners out there. But one of the ways we always talk about um, being charged in our relationship. Right. And uh, one of the things that Carlos and I do is go to marriage retreats, right. and workshops and seminars, get together in our community. And so we attend Eusebia. This will be our third year attending mm, Eusebia. And I'll tell you, when we walk away from there, you hear the passion of Dr. Harold mm-hmm. on the mic. <laughs> Boy, to hear him live. <laughs> it is just uh, is, is amazing. Mm, and so I want yeah. you to share with our audience and our listeners about Eusebia. And then um, then how, how can they get charged and how do you get mm-hmm. charged from that? Yeah. 
Yeah, how do I get charged for that? Because it definitely takes a lot out yeah. of me. The, I think the bottom line is when we were talking about being in, if we live by the Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit. And several years ago now, what the Lord put in my spirit was to close my eyes and to imagine what would it look like for a thousand Christian couples to be committed to a spiritual revival for marriage, not necessarily communication skills, not conflict resolution. You know, those are important things. And those are things that I've certainly espoused and done before, but that isn't, wasn't what was in my spirit. What was in my spirit is saying that there is a gap today between the faith that we proclaim and what our marriages represent. Mm. There's a gap there. And he's, his voice to me, what was in my spirit, was that this was the red phone for me mm. the, to say, Harold, speak into that gap, that call, call the Christian community to arms around this notion of a spiritual revival, Azusa Street style revival mm. for Christian marriage, that we can say enough is enough and to say that we're not going to settle anymore to just be another Christian couple. We're not just going to settle to say, um, but, but we believe in God and we go to church every week, but not embodying the fullness thereof and not and not looking at it and saying, how has our marriage transformed from what it was last year and two years ago and not look and having this attitude that, look, if I look out five years from now. What is the impact that we are going to be having on the world, you know, not just. Can we get a bigger house? Or hey, I have nothing against mm. houses. I have a few of them. But the point, the <laughs> yeah. point is that that is that's not why God has my wife and me together to buy, you know, to have properties. You know, it's it's about kingdom work. Yes, and mm. kingdom work doesn't necessarily just happen inside the church. We were talking about that before. But what is that? So with Eusebia. It was, which means godliness, by the way, that Greek word means godliness. Yeah. 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 So it's this idea of godly reverence. How can we have a different level of reverence for God in Mm -hmm. our relationships? Eusebia is about a, it's about spiritual intimacy. It's about challenging couples to ask different and deeper questions around our spirituality in our marriage. Mm. And it's that we only get there by ask be that's individual right because we have to grow we have to each of us individually husband and wife has to say that i am dissatisfied i'm dissatisfied with where i am right now and i know that there's more that god has for me that's all of our thing i mean if you have a satisfaction with where you are I'm going to say that you're in disobedience Mm. because how could there should always be a desire to be the best version of your God is. And once you master one thing, what I theologically believe is that God is already showing you something else because each he's raising you in order to 
path in order to deepen. So he's not getting you to a plateau That's where right. you can just say, okay, I'm good. We got there. Yes. And we can, we that's something, right? So we're good. Let's stay we're here. Tired. Right, right. It doesn't work yeah, like yeah. that. So, so Carlos and Catherine always talk about being lifelong learners. Right, And going exactly. into something like this is exactly what that is, right? Yes. And Eusebia. Uh, we, we had this conversation uh, when, we were at, when we were in Chattanooga. And I just, I just came to a thought came to my mind. It sort of plays into what you're saying. And that is, you know, your marriage is like, if you have a car that can't park, it won't go into park and you're on a hill, Mm -hmm. right? You've got to give that car gas or what's going to happen. It's going to slide back. back. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So lots of times I think in marriage, the man and the wife are going to be like, oh, we're good. You know, like everything's cool. Like we just... We just made love. We just had a good dinner. We just, everything's happy. She's happy. I'm happy. And then you just kind of coast. And then you forget about being intentional about, mm. about what you need to be doing and how you need to continue to work at it, to continue those, those meetings. Mm-hmm. Who uh, you need to become. That's right. Who you need to become. As a couple. Like, a what couple. are your goals? And, and there's no way you've hit, you've hit what God has in store for you yet. Right. You exactly. got you gotta continue to give gas and keep moving. Right. Or, or you're, you're going backwards and you might not even know it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so can you do me a favor and, and please just tell our listeners where they could go to find out more about Eusebia? Yeah. Well, thank you all for that. And so the bottom line is Eusebia is a 501c3 organization. And it is the commitment is to a thousand Christian couples developing a spiritual intimacy, a spiritual revival uh, for marriage. And, it's a partnership of marriage ministries across uh, different cities uh, across the U.S. And the prayer is that it continues to grow in its influence. And if this message of what we've been talking about today resonates with you, then, you know, check out PrayForMarriage.com. PrayForMarriage.com. There's a blog post there that talk about spiritual intimacy. There's a couple's devotional there that deals with spiritual intimacy. And in fact, our theme for this year and the theme for that devotional for Eusebia is clean, clean. And the passage is, is fascinates me in Second Corinthians, I think the passage seven. And it says this idea of bringing your holiness to completion. Mm. That fascinates me. Mm. What does that say? That our holiness is short of where God has for it to be and that we have to continually strive to bring it to completion and mature. And so that's what UCB is about. That's what PrayForMarriage.com is about to empower you as couples, to empower us, to bring a community of people who this message resonates with, bring that community together. We have our annual event in Columbia, Maryland, October the 17th through the 20th. And that's a Thursday night through the it's through the Sunday afternoon at noon. And it is an amazing experience. We don't even like to call it an event. We call it an experience. And the idea there is not just keynotes and sitting. There's breakout sessions or small groups. There's gender breakouts. There's like Ted like talks mm. that are part of it. There's an extended praise and worship component. But most of all, you know, the idea there, and I, there was a self, in the self-development 
space one time. There's this idea of pay any cost to stay in the company of great people. Mm. Pay mm. any cost to stay. And we as Christian couples need to embody this idea and we need to start investing. We don't invest. We, will, we don't invest in these things for our marriage. Go we'll on. invest in stocks and bonds, equities. We'll invest in real estate portfolios. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah. invest in our cars. We'll invest in a dumb depreciating our assets. Children. We'll invest in a lot of things. But when it comes to our marriage, we cheap. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the most <laughs> fundamental yes. 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 yes, you're right. And it's it's, it's madness. The yeah. relationship that is supposed to be covenant and sacrament, Ooh. that's supposed to represent the relationship of Christ in the church, that's supposed to be the communion for the yep. community. We say we don't. We're not going to. Why would I invest in that? Mm-hmm. And so what we're asking is this message resonates with you. Make that investment. Say your marriage is worth more than the things that you have, mm. right? And the, and the influence that you have and what God is calling you to is worth more. And make the investment. And whether you join us or not, but join us in spirit, whether you join us in person or not, join us in spirit. Mm. Go check out things that are on the website and available to you. Talk to other couples in your circle of influence and, and speak to, ask them, tell them about these questions that we've been talking about and sh- share that amongst yourselves. Hold each other accountable. And for those who, who feel it in your spirit, come and join us in Columbia in October. I can guarantee, at least to date, nobody has been disappointed in Absolutely. that experience. Well, can, you, can you speak Testify. to that, Catherine? Yeah. Can you speak to the last two years that you and I intentionally went to Eusebia and what it did We got us. more than we could ever, ever plan for. And um, particularly, even though with some, we do work a lot together, Carlos and I, and one of the things we always talk about is you had talked about it, Chris, that we're lifelong learners. And we knew that we'd had to be a part of Eusebia and we were able to go to the breakout sessions and, and it, it was just it was so much depth of information mm-hmm. that you got for your relationship that you wanted to take your relationship to another level. And they have the small, um, the small groups allow you to be vulnerable, to allow you to um, discuss certain topics that mm-hmm. they give us to, to, um, to, to talk about. And also it's not just connecting when you're there, you connect when you leave with right. other couples. Mm-hmm. And so you meet couples from all over and you become just like that community, community that we exactly. talked about. And I, it will be there. It's our third year going, right. We're going. <laughs> we'll be there this year. But here's, here's what for, for me, what it did for us, it was very trans spiritually transformational for mm-hmm. us and challenging for us. I think Amen. Yeah. And when I say spiritually transformational for us, it really allowed us, it challenged us to take a look at our marriage and say, it's more than just us being husband and wife mm-hmm. and looking good and taking selfies and doing right. all of the American dream type mm. of things. Right. It was like, no, what is the God dream? Right. That's right. Exactly. And, w- and when you're in that environment, with other couples who are being challenged in that space mm-hmm. as well, it will force you to really take a great look, yes. a hard look at your purpose for being married. Mm-hmm. And everyone comes on that one accord walking through that. So when we leave, it's just like we feel like that we've actually now aspired to another level mm-hmm. 
but we're not satisfied. Yes. We're still hungry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We just got to another level and now we're just hungry for the next level, right. but not in a selfish way, more to say, I know God has more, more for us, us. to yes. serve mm -hmm. right. in a different capacity exactly. or in more of a capacity that we have. So exactly. we feel so blessed to just have experienced mm -hmm. it over the last two years and definitely looking forward mm -hmm to the third year as well. Amen. Yeah, so I challenge you. other couples. I mean, just try it one time. Mm. Try it one time and invest in your marriage and your relationship one time. Try Eusebia. Mm. Don't be cheap, and right? Don't be cheap. <laughs> Do don't not. Be cheap. So Eusebia, is there a group on for Eusebia? <laughs> <laughs> right. I, 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 just, I was looking that up just now on the internet. I didn't see one. Yeah. Um, listen, I don't know a better way to end this podcast. Harold, Thank you so much. This has been incredible, uh, inspirational. You, um, everyone that's listening, I know uh, you're inspired because you just, if you've listened this far, there's just no way you can't be. Exactly. Mm -hmm. There really is no way no you way. can't be. Um, this is amazing stuff. Please, uh, you know, let me just run it down because uh, Harold's, Harold's being uh, humble. He's not going to do it, but uh, Pursuit of Influence. Uh, there's, there's all kinds of socials you can, you can go to and Google that the leading you home podcast and Eusebia, which we just talked about prayformarriage.com. It's in the Baltimore area, October 17th through the 20th, please, uh, invest in your marriage. Don't be cheap. Yes. I think we have a title. <laughs> I know we have, a, we have a title now. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget to go to powercouplesrock.com. And subscribe. And subscribe. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody. And, um, you know, at the end of every one of our podcasts, we do this. People love it, so we got to keep doing gotta keep it. Doing it. So, so let's, let's get, let's get, get powered, powered up. up. All right. Yes. Powered up. It is. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the oh Power Couples Rock podcast. We hope that you've been encouraged, inspired, and supported. Listen and subscribe to our other Power Pods as we are confident that they will strengthen your marriage. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. It's there where we can extend these discussions together, take these conversations and your marriage to the next level. Enjoy your day.